summer. Yeah, we gathered here in the 919 where we take our time. Sit back, relax as they spit their facts. Trust me, you be coming back. Got my man Max Weezy keeping everything on track. For sports to pop culture, matter where you at. iPhone to Android, you can play it back. DJ Relevant on the ones and twos can bring a smile to your day. If you feeling blue, true, we in the 919. What you gon' do? Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. 919 at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Number nine at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Let's rock, we at the barbershop. Stay tuned. Let's go ahead and get into it. Um, so, obviously, uh, you know, the Panthers uh, midseason sort of capped with the, the Thursday night loss at home to it to Atlanta and uh you know we um we uh you know it's it's been kind of a crazy season right like you lose two uh you know win three in a row then then lose three in a row uh and so it's kind of been been all over the place a little bit but what are just your um initial thoughts of how the season has gone and before before you go let me just also for the people that are listening um this is Dean Jones site expert at uh, Cat Crave blog, the Panthers blog on Fan Sided. Uh, we all he also you also cover the Vikings a little bit, right? Too on on Fan Sided. So you're- yeah, yeah, that's that's how I started with the NFL writing. Really, um, I'm a big Vikings fan, so I uh, just started writing for them, and then sort of within like six weeks and stuff, I took over at the Panthers. And uh, yeah, it's been quite quite an eventful season, to be honest. I mean, I'm I'm not sure it's what anybody didn't expect. I mean, given all the changes in the off-season, um, obviously coaching and sort of with player personnel as well. Um, I just think the the three three game winning run sort of heightened maybe expectations a little bit. Um, obviously, they've been competitive in every game they've played, uh, more or less. Um, I think there's probably Chicago where you could say um, they really didn't look like winning that one. And then Obviously, the game against Tampa Bay was a game they were coming from behind as well. So, um, yeah, it's 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 been a mixed bag, but it's been it's nothing that I didn't expect anyway. And I'm not sure uh, the fans sort of could have expected anything else. I mean, when you're winning games and you know, right, th- right, thinking about the playoffs and things like that, but it's, especially given sort of the strength of schedule they played. I mean, I read um, a stat saying that the the Panthers had the fourth toughest schedule uh, before the game against the Falcons, so um, that needs to be put into perspective a little bit. But in terms of uh, generally how it's gone, I mean, there's been some good. Don't get me wrong, uh, there's been some really good, uh, but uh, there's clear deficiencies there that need to be sorted out. I mean, whether Marty Hearn is going to make a move before the trade deadline or sort of wait until next season, next off season, sort of to build through the draft again and. Uh, hopefully he'll have a little bit more money to spend in free agency. So um, yeah, a mixed bag, but uh, I think there's definite signs of encouragement from uh, definitely. The, I mean, a couple of rookies. I mean, they just look out of this world, and then obviously the offense is ticking over well. I mean, um, to say that Panth- the Panthers, if you said before the season the Panthers would have won three games and Christian McCaffrey would have missed all but one and a half of them, um, people would have probably laughed at you. So yeah. Uh, a mixed bag, but there's some really encouraging signs, to be honest, as well. Yeah, I mean that's a great point, right? Like you know the the win streak sort of um, disoriented. I think 
you know, fans and, and, and NFL people too a little bit. And I think when you, I mean, after the loss, you know, I sort of, you sort of went back to the fact that, well, you know, they are who we thought they were, right? <laughs> like, like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're playing like the team that we thought we would see at the beginning of the season, but, you know, obviously they, they've come back down to earth and their strength of schedule you know, doesn't really get any better. But it could be encouraging for the rest of this season, but also just looking forward, at least we know, okay, we've got some 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 players here to to build off of. Yeah, I mean I mean that Brad Brian Burns has just been absolutely sensational, hasn't he? I mean uh, he's gone from uh, just a pure edge rusher to sort of a three down defensive lineman who can who can do it all really. I mean he's I mean considering he's only in his second year, I mean sky's the limit for him. I mean, I mean, people say he doesn't get enough sacks, but he's setting the edge. Well, he's he's becoming a leader already, he's, and he's and he's getting pressure. So, uh, which is something that can't be said of many of the linemen or sort of linebackers. Uh, then you've obviously got Jeremy Chin, who's just absolutely blown up. He's a, he's a he's a star in the making. I mean, it's hard to hard to gauge his ceiling really in terms of the fact that he's in, this is his first season playing outside linebacker as well. Um, and you've got, obviously, he came in as a safety. Uh, Panthers traded back into the second for him. Um, and he's just taking it. He's just taking to the NFL like a duck to water. And, uh, I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know how bad the linebacker group would be with, if if he wasn't in it, to be honest. And uh, I think Dante Jackson and, and Razzle Douglas have done OK. I mean, Dante's had problems staying healthy, obviously. Um, but Razzle looks like a great pickup. I mean, considering he didn't even make the Eagles uh, roster before he got claimed off waivers, um, he's he's got he's he's probably the best cover corner on the team at the moment. Um, he's got good 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 range. He can and he's made some really big plays on third, especially on third down as well. So they're the encouraging signs. I mean, Derek Brown's done well as well. I mean, he's been sort of hit and miss since Kawan's gone out. Uh, which is to be expected because obviously he'll get more attention now. But um, he's 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 showing a lot in run support as well. I mean, I know the run defense is 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 what it is at the moment, but um, I mean, a lot of that can be attributed to. I mean, I don't, we'll probably talk about it later. I mean, to hear Whitehead and Shaq Thompson. I mean, they're just not they're just not doing enough for me. I mean, they're, they're not getting to the point of attack quickly. They're the, it's the wrong angles. They're missing tackles. I mean, I know Shaq hasn't missed many tackles, but I just I was expecting a bit more from him this season. I mean, considering Luke's, uh, Luke Keishley's retired, uh, he was he was talking big before the season started about how he wanted to be the the defensive linchpin of the team uh, in his absence, and it's and it's just not happened that way. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of different uh, points there, and especially. Just kind of going back to to Brian Burns, like I think he's just been really, you know, disruptive. And obviously, you you can't measure that. I remember early last season in his rookie year, you know, if you looked at you look at early in the season, if you look at his numbers and Nick Bosa, um, you know, he actually had better numbers than Nick Bosa. But obviously, um, Nick Bosa was you know very disruptive, and you know his numbers got better over the course of the year. Um, you know, and, and I think Brian Burns is you, you, especially if you watch these last few games, it's definitely he's a impact on the game. We know whether he's getting sacks or not. To your point about the linebackers, I'll say that, um, it, it, it's interesting because 
I didn't think it would be this bad, but I I was kind of surprised that um, when the Panthers went with Derek Brown instead of Isaiah Simmons, because I I, I felt like I I thought at least they'd probably be looking to um, you know sure up the linebacker you know position with yeah. with Luke Klee gone now Derek Brown um, you know yeah Isaiah Simmons hasn't really seen the field Jeremy Chin sort of playing that that role but more more of a safety. And then Derek Brown is is excellent. So you know you you look back and you're not mad at the draft choice. However, we do it, it had like you said, <laughs> we do we do sorely need uh, an upgrade at the linebacker position. So um, I, I'm not sure if they address that. You know, yeah, at I, the think, I, think that's, draft. I think that's got yeah, that's got to be one of their early picks in the draft. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be picking high enough to get. Uh, maybe a Micah Parsons or a Dylan Moses. I mean, they'll probably be gone in the top 10, uh, judging by um, sort of mo- most mock drafts you see at the moment and uh, how scouts are sort of looking at them. Um, but one of them would, would, would be absolutely ideal. I mean, I'm, I'm big on Parsons. I've watched a lot of Penn State and, and uh, he's, he's, he, can, he can do it all. I mean, he's, he's absolutely fantastic. And obviously Dylan Moses has come back from his serious injury. Um and he's made a big impact for Alabama as well. So yeah, either either of them would be a would be a top priority if they're in a position to get them for sure. Yeah, and I mean they very well could be because they, they still, you know, we've already lost five games. You still have the Chiefs, the Buccaneers, um, you know, the Broncos always play tough. The Lions, um, you know, Packers. can can win games. Yeah. The Packers, <laughs> the Saints. So I mean, we very well could only win, you know, one or two more games the rest of the year, and that would definitely get us get us a high pick. Yeah, you know, yeah. I hate to see that, but I mean, that's that's kind of the reality with the with the schedule. Um, yeah, but I mean, what's for you? What's also just been because obviously, you know, a huge, you know, a lot of changes over the season. But for you, what's been sort of the main difference in tor- in terms of, uh, I guess you know, morale, attitude, and just, like, the team culture itself uh, from the Rivera years, especially towards the end, um, compared to what we've seen this year? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot more energy about them now, whether whether that's uh, come from a new coach and new ideas. I mean, the offense seems to be clicking a lot better. Um, I just think there was a lot of... A lot of veteran players last last year sort of past the peak of their prime. I mean, you only have to look at uh, Don Terry Poe and how he's got on in Dallas. And then obviously, I know Gerald McCoy got injured, but then Bruce Irvin's got injured as well. And these are these these are all guys with a lot of wear and tear on on their bodies now. Um, so I, th- I think the decision to get rid of them was was probably the correct one. Obviously, you've got the the Cam Newton thing. I mean, uh, I. I I mean, from sort of coming in and being sort of quite objective about it, um, not really sort of following the Panthers until this season, sort of from a journalistic perspective as well. Um, I mean, I, I, I guess I, I get why they did it. I mean, the, the guy hasn't played much for sort of 18 months and um, with with a with a COVID-disrupted off-season, they were probably thinking that that sort of Teddy would be sort of the better scheme fit just to come in knowing Joe Brady's system is slotted in straight away um, but, the, but the way they handled it was was, was terrible but um, yeah so in terms of in terms, I, I just think there's a little bit more energy about the place I mean for Rule to come in and 
I mean, he's he's had no preseason games. I mean, disrupted preparation. Uh, you get off to two losing, lose losing the first two, winning the next three, and now they're on a three game slid again. So, um, it's going to be up and down. But is they didn't? I'm sure David Tepper didn't give him sixty million dollars to win the Super Bowl in his first season, and. Um, any success he had at Baylor and Temple didn't happen in their first year either uh, during their rebuilds. So uh, I think I think he'll get time. Um, but the NFL is a sort of what have you done for me lately now sort of business, isn't it? So um, I don't think, I think they'll have to start making some serious strides next season. That's for sure. Yeah. And, and I've kind of spoken about this because I was kind of talking to when I was, uh, I kind of did a show and in, in before the, you know, Falcons and Panthers game. And I was just, I've been saying that, you know, I've been saying this, you know, concerning the Falcons, but I think the Panthers are in the same situation here. When we talk about, okay, you have in the re- in our recent future, you have to look at the fact that, um, you know, the, the, the rumors are there that, that this might be Breeze's last year. He's got a TV deal with NBC. He might step, step away last year. This is, but this is whether he leaves or stays, you know, this year is definitely Super Bowl or bust for the Saints. Um, and if he yeah. leaves, that's going to impact the team, obviously. Or even if they make another run and, and get knocked out in the playoffs, that's, you know, so many that, – that happens so many times before teams start to, you know, unravel. You can only take that so many times that continue with continuous losses in the playoffs when you're expected to win or just bad breaks, with the, which the Saints have had over the last three seasons. And with the Buccaneers – even if you have one more, it's also a Super Bowl or bust for them. And yeah. even if you have one more year with Tom Brady, you know, that's only, you know, one more year. And, you know, we don't know what, what type of, you know, turnaround, you know, this this team could have. And Brady's one year older. So for and the, and the Falcons, we'll, we'll see what they do. But, you know, they may be rebuilding. They, you know, they obviously are going to make some changes. So the Panthers are probably, you know, moving forward you know, at least in a position to um, be very, very, be competitive and, and probably expected to, you know, win the division, you know, in the next couple of years as other teams, you know, retool. And so you have that, you know what you have now, you see the opportunity um, that is in front of you and it's kind of about, you know, making the right um, choices in the offseason in terms of personnel, um, and just setting your team up, up for success because, like you said, the the opportunity for success is here and it's here in the near future for the Panthers. Yeah, and I don't think they're that far away. They, I mean, the offensive line needs some serious help on the interior. Um, obviously, they've got to extend Taylor Moten and then uh, whether Russell Okun comes back um, or not remains to be seen. I mean, I don't necessarily think Greg Little's the answer. Uh, at left tackle, so that'll have to be fixed. Uh, whether they move Moten over to the over to the left hand side and get a right tackle in uh, during free agency or the draft, um, they've got the offensive weapons there. I mean, they need a tight end uh, who can be more effective. Um, they're probably regretting not extending Curtis Samuel right about now because he's sort of really coming into his own of late, and he might be. Sort of, I mean, I'd, I'd find it very difficult to, to give him the franchise tag if they can't work out a deal for him, uh, given the money involved. And then that might mean he's going to sort of leave next year in, in favour probably of an increased role elsewhere. 
Um, and then they're just sort of a couple of pieces away on defence as well. Obviously, you've got linebacker. Um, I think I actually think the safety duo have been okay in parts. I mean, uh, the Panthers have really missed sort of Justin Burris uh, over the last couple of weeks. I mean, he, he he was sort of coming on, coming on in a big way before he, he got injured as well. So they're not they're not too far away. And obviously, you've got the old men uh, at quarterback in Tampa and New Orleans who aren't going to be there forever either. And then obviously, when they leave, there's a period of period of transition, especially with the Saints, seeing as how long Breeze is there and how much success they've built around him as well. So yeah, it'd be interesting to say the least. Yeah, should be really interesting. And I want to ask you how you, um, how do you feel, or, or what have you kind of taken from Teddy Bridgewater's play? You mentioned it earlier. You know, the decision to move on from Cam um, probably was, you know, football wise, probably um, the right choice. But you know, obviously, from a from a PR standpoint, they probably could have done it, you know, a lot better. And, oh yeah, it was, it was it was it was a disaster. I mean, yeah, to yeah. to re- to release a player that had, that had done so much for for the franchise uh, at the t- at that time, especially after you'd signed Bridgewater to all that money. I mean, they they they, they could have released Cam the day after, yeah. <laughs> and sort of, and, yeah. and, and, and giving him sort of a couple months of free agency to 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 find a better fit. I mean, it's going to be, and then he's ended up on New England. I mean, great, but. I mean, they're they're an absolute mess at the moment. I mean, yeah, decimated from sort of COVID dropouts in uh, on defense before the season. I mean, you only have to look at how Tom Brady was getting on with that group of wide receivers that didn't really get any better as well. So, right. I mean, I I've, I find it really hard to judge Cam Newton on this year. I mean, I know right. he was, he's he's played well before before he got COVID himself, and he was he was struggling. He struggled the last two weeks, but. Right. A quarterback can only do what can only work with sort of the tools he's got, and I'd I'd find it really hard to, to sort of be judging this performance, especially after being out for so long this year. I, I I completely agree with you, and I hope that you know I hope that if if the play um, you know continues to to be like we've seen, I hope that they, I mean he gets a you know fair look and a fair opportunity. It's very encouraging that Bill Belichick has um, decided to. You know, keep him as a starter over over uh, Stidham. You know, moving forward, and you know if he if he you know continues to um, you know you know make things work, I feel like he'll he'll kind of get uh, an opportunity. But it's 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 definitely a difficult situation for him. But um, from what you've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater, do you feel like for them to uh, you know maximize their opportunity and possibly a window here in the next couple of years? Do you feel like Sandy Bridgewater is uh, going to be the. It should be the quarterback moving forward, or do you think they should try to make a make an upgrade at some point? Uh, I think he's done okay. I mean, there is a problem of him not coming through, sort of in the clutch. I mean, that, like say the Pan- I, I find it quite remarkable that the Panthers have actually been as competitive as they have. Uh, obviously, without McCaffrey, big players have gone down. Obviously, Kwan Short and. Justin Burris and sort of big players have been missing from from the lineup at the time. Russell Okung's missed a couple of games, and uh, they've been competitive, but they just haven't gotten over the line. And, and it's um, and that is largely down to Bridgewater, really. I mean, he's 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 a great game manager. I mean, he commands the line of scrimmage really well. I know he had some trouble against the Falcons on Thursday night doing that, um, 
put he's and he's got some weapons at his disposal. I mean, I mean, he can throw the ball. Don't get me, you know, and his and his pocket awareness, like I said, is fantastic. But um, I just think he's on a bit of a hide into nothing. I mean, you've you've got people who are loyal to Cam, and that's great. I mean, people find it hard to move on from some someone so iconic, but. Um, the fact that he's he's sort of been hit and miss at the moment is is not helping his cause to be to be the starter long term, and obviously you've got the issue about how long Joe Brady's going to be in Carolina as well, because um, obviously he's gaining he's gaining more notoriety no, notoriety um, in terms of his play calling, and he's 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 doing a good job really uh, for the most part, and I don't think it'd be too long before sort of head coaches head coaching jobs come in his direction so whether that would affect Teddy's uh, long term outlook in Carolina if someone else comes in who's who's not really adaptable in terms of, a, of the scheme and you play into Teddy's strengths I mean because he's I mean there's the questions of him with a deep ball isn't there but uh, I'd be sceptical about his long term future at the moment but like I say, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he's he's a hard guy not to root for, and he's really got the locker room behind him as well, which is which is a big plus for him going forward. I think. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you nailed it on the head. Definitely a, a hard guy um, not to not to root for, not to get behind. I just feel like um, it's uh, you know played against some tough tough defenses. Like, don't get me wrong. I, obviously, you know, going to have some tough games against you know the Bears defense the way they're playing and. And you know the Saints, the Saints. We know, we know that. But um, I, I do feel like, in order to, you know, can he get you to the playoffs? Absolutely. Can he win some games? Absolutely. But I feel like Panthers fans and a fan of any team, really, you know, whether in, in any sport, you want the best player on your team at, or the players at key positions to be able to elevate when you know, other positions aren't playing well. Like when the defenses are playing well or when when things break down, when people get, get injured, you know, you want to know that you have a quarterback that can not only play well with the best players on your team, but also elevate, you know, third stringers and, and other things. And so when I that, that's why, you know, I've really this year come to, come to the defense of, of Carson Wentz in Philadelphia. I feel like... Yeah, um, I think he's doing a great job, to be he's, fair. Yeah, he's doing I, great. I think I mean, he's... I mean, they're, they're going to get some bodies back uh, for the for the Dallas game as well. So, uh, I'd expect them to to sort of comfortably win the NFC East now, especially with sort of Andy Dalton being out with the concussion for for well the, the Eagles game at least. So yeah, I've, yeah, and I'm actually starting Wentz tomorrow in fantasy. So he's going to go back. Kyler <laughs> Cal, Cal, Murray's on a bye, so I'm counting on him. <laughs> oh, bro, I had so I had Kyler Murray's my my normal quarterback, and I started Teddy uh, in fantasy. So he got me. He was decent. I think he got me like 15 points, you know. That's yeah, that's, that's more decent. than that from Wentz. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, but like I said, like, I mean, I, I think most teams would love to be, love to have Carson Wentz just because of him being able to to elevate, you know, players. You know, obviously that's, they've, you know, had a, a tough, tough go this year, but, you know, I, I really, when I look at, you know, Teddy and I look at just some of the other quarterbacks in the, in the league that, just have that extra, um, that extra notch, you know, the extra level that they can go to in, in games, you know, and, and you you need that if you're going to be seriously competitive. You know, making the playoffs, I think, is something that the Panthers 
um, you know, they, throughout their history, they, you know, we've had some, you know, good years. We'd have, we'd, we'd have some, we've had some playoff years. Yeah. And we've had some down years, but I think uh, this this city and this team should um, have higher expectations and have um, you know more more self esteem. And I think that that's what I like. To, like that's what I like about David David Tepper is David Tepper as a new owner and as an analytical guy seems to have very um, high expectations and a high self esteem. You know about what this team can be and what this team can do. So if if that's the case, then you definitely should not be afraid to pull the trigger on, you know, a better, a better uh, player at any position, but especially quarterback, because um, I think you're going to, when, when you play better teams, you need your guy to, to be able to put trust in and say, okay, I, he can elevate us. He can, you know, on those final drives, he's not going to make the play that's going to, um, that's going to lose us the game. Um, he's going to, he's, we have confidence he can get down there and score and, and put us in positions to win. Yeah, I think I think the Panthers were quite smart with his contract as well. I mean, they've gotten out in 2022 with one year on his deal, which will give him a couple of years to sort of really, really evaluate whether he is the long-term option. Um, and then, obviously, hopefully Brady will be around next year. But after the second year, you really don't know. Um, once he gets sort of a couple of years of really good play-calling experience under his belt and working with sort of within a senior management structure in the NFL so um, it might be all changed after that I mean whether uh, the Panthers would be in a position to take Sam Howell I mean that would be that would be the sort of the sort of the darling one for the fans I think out of North Carolina the quarterback there but whether he'll be ready in a couple of years for that um, that's a long way away at the moment but as well yeah. as what yeah as, as what Teddy is I mean he's, he's he can manage games he can he can play well I mean you can see it Sort of for how well the teams have started in the majority of their games. I mean, there's only I think only the Chicago and the Tampa Bay game where they really got off to to a slow start. But um, I mean, just coming through in the fourth quarter. I mean, they're, they're at three and five at the moment. I mean, it, I mean, it could it could easily be the other way around. It could easily be five and three if if they'd come up with big moments in in sort of in the dying moments of games. Yeah, no, I agree. They, they. I mean, even even the first game, the first game against. I guess uh, Las Vegas was the only game where, you know, it was close and we had a chance, but it was a coaching call that probably lost us that game. Like everything yeah. was fine. You know, obviously, you know, fourth and one, you know, putting it, putting it in the hands of, or even, even, okay, you say give it to Arma, you know, offensive line, you know, plays better, get some, get some of the yard or just give it to Chris McCaffrey there. You know, that's the only game where, you know, we, we, it just failed from a coaching standpoint, but every other game's been, you know, a chance to drive down the field and we haven't had it. And I mean, yes, I mean, Sam Howell next year is a, a definitely an interesting, would be an interesting uh, proposition because he'd be a junior. So that's normally the time when quarterbacks come out. Um, I also think it'll be interesting to see. There's a lot of bad teams this year, um, but a lot of teams that probably already have an answer at, at quarterback. There are some teams that may have questions. So like, you know Atlanta, for example, and and your Vikings with with Kirk Cousins, but I I, I do feel like we talked about it earlier. The Panthers could finish the season with, looking at the rest of the schedule. The Panthers could only have five wins at, by the end of the season, and I don't think that takes you out of that takes you out of Trevor Lawrence range. But it doesn't. Well, if he, if, he, if he declares, <laughs> exactly. I mean, would you exactly. want to go to the Jets? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it takes you out of Trevor Trevor Lawrence range if he declares. 
but you know it, it doesn't necessarily take you out of you know Justin Fields and if you believe in Trey Lance it doesn't take you out of Trey Lance range so I think it'll be very interesting even this offseason to see what happens but but no yeah I'd be I'd be re- I'd be really I'd, I'd be really wary about taking Trey Lance after sort with one sort of he's he's I mean he plays for a small school I mean that's no no slight on him but he's had one game this year where he didn't exactly look good um and obviously because of COVID that'll be it for him until and he's going to be working towards the draft now but not getting those reps in the centre in his junior year could because it's, it's, it's going to set him back there's no two ways about it so I'd be really really wary about about using sort of a top five pick on him to be honest yeah. but Justin Fields yeah. is obviously obviously incredible as well so um, yeah he'd, he'd, he'd be more of a lock for me if the Panthers were in a position to do that yeah I agree I, would, I probably wouldn't not take Trey Lance either. I think there's much better talent um, in, in that range. But um, no, I. So let's. So you know, obviously we, we can only look ahead from here. Um, you know, obviously we we are we've already talked about it. There's very tough games in the schedule. But I, what would you like to see? Uh, you know, if there's just a couple things that you could just take out for the rest of the season that would give you um, some encouragement about the end of the season or about next season? What are some things that you would like to see through the rest of the year? Um, I'd probably like to see Dante Jackson play a good run of games and really sort of build on what have been some quite positive performances, really, from my point of view. I mean, he was getting burned by Julio Jones quite a lot early in, on Thursday, but um, the toe's really bothering him. I mean, I know he's, he's, he said that he hates talking about it, but the, the, the fact of the matter is that it's a problem. I mean, I think he played 35... 35 snaps on Thursday. I mean, I've got the stats on me at the moment, but that's something I, that I read, um, which is obviously their game managing him. So for him to get over that and play a consistent run of games and really show that he can be the number one cornerback going forward, that that would be one. Um, for the obviously for the wide receivers to still develop, um, they've been sort of fantastic. But just to sort of get a little bit more consistency out of out of DJ Moore would be would be really really beneficial. I mean, obviously Robbie Anderson's been absolutely tremendous, but teams are starting to key in on him now, um, and that would probably give. That's why sort of DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel have had big weeks over the last two weeks. Um, so getting more consistency from those two would be key. Um, obviously, getting McCaffrey back and how sort of the off offense sort of works from a balance perspective. I mean. The Panthers don't need to lean on him anymore, giving him 30, 35 touches a game at times like they were last season. I mean, it was it was just ridiculous, sort of the workload on his back last time out. Um, but now, obviously, you've got Mike Davis there as well, who provides sort of more of a power running back who can also help in the passing game. Um, yeah, so it would be interesting to see just, just whether they just go revert to sort of their old type and keep giving the ball to McCaffrey no matter how well he's, he's performing or sort of continue to to sort of ba- make a balanced offense um, a bit more dynamic when they get sort of the all, all pro back. So, um, yeah, that would be probably something else. And just continuing to develop, really. I mean, this is a young roster. I mean, there's, there's not much experience. Um, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that that they're missing sort of really influential players. I mean, Luke Keekley is just the biggest uh, loss they're feeling at the moment. I mean, to hear Whitehead whether he's going to be starting any more games or not um, remains to be seen. But 
I mean, <laughs> you just can't see it getting better over the next two weeks. And then they've got the Lions who are who are really improved. And then you've got the Vikings, obviously, who are absolute disaster as well. So um, going into the week 13 bye, so if they can get to that with, I don't know, a, sort of a two and two record. I mean that. I mean that that would be good, but. Um, I mean, sort of five, six, seven wins is where you'd, where you'd projected them at the start of the season. So, um, for anyone to sort of say they're disappointing or failing to live up to anybody is, is sort of a bit unrealistic, really. Is there any... We're kind of moving to the, to the trade deadline on Tuesday here. Are there any trades, any any players you'd like to see the Panthers trade away or possibly trade? Ooh, um, well... I don't think they can move Curtis Samuel, just given how important he is to the team. And I know they they run the they've got a big risk of losing him for nothing in free agency. But uh, given how important he is to Teddy Bridgewater at the moment, especially on third down, I mean, I mean, you can't you just can't get rid of him at the moment. I mean, Shaq Thompson would be one for me. Uh, his his salary's going up. Uh, I think from four to to just over ten million next year, um, and he's just not worth it. So. Um, I know Panthers will probably take a big hit from his signing bonus, but at the end of the day, they'd be um, they could probably still get a, a top. Well, probably uh, well anywhere between a second and a third round pick for him at the moment. So uh, he'd be one I'd consider. Um, yeah, but I mean, apart from that, there's there's not really a lot, is there? Um, certainly, you wouldn't be trading away any of the young stars that they've got. Um, maybe a I mean, there's a lot of teams looking for offensive line help, so if you could probably get something for um, for Matt Paradis, maybe. Um, but then a team be taking on his big money in, in the last year of his deal as well, so it's a tricky one. Uh, in terms of um, players coming in, <coughs> excuse me, um, I'd probably... I mean, Stefan Gilmore's the, the one, isn't he? I mean, played his ball at South Carolina. Um on his days, he's, he's he's the best best shutdown corner in the NFL still. And I know there's been a couple of up and coming uh, players this year, like Marlon Humphrey out of Baltimore as well. He's he's been sensational, but um, it's clear that sort of the toxic environment uh, going on in New England at the moment, at least on the field, is really having an effect on him. And obviously, um, he's he's not playing tomorrow, which means um, the Patriots aren't running the risk of getting him injured. So. He'll probably be moved on before sort of November the third. Whether they'll be wanting a first round pick or sort of a, a second and a fourth maybe next year, I mean, who knows? But he'd, he'd be a fantastic addition. I mean, if you could if you could get Gilmore, Jackson, and Douglas as your three cornerbacks, I mean, you're going in the right direction. Um, so yeah, he'd be the one. I mean, it, it's it's bold, but um, that that would give them a. a a trio of cornerbacks who would uh, who would instantly sort of Im- improve things as well. Yeah, those are those are good trades. I like I'd like to see. I mean, Shai Thompson moved would be would be great if we you know get good value for him. Uh, I do think Gilmore would be great. I was looking at that. Also, um, obviously, this may be something that um, we also could address address in the draft because you don't want to you know give up too much. But yeah, uh, tight tight end. Um, tight end definitely would be um, would be something that I would want to trade for. Um, somebody mentioned uh, Kyle Rudolph earlier to me this week. I'd probably 
go for Joku, and then if if you know you can't really get a good deal for it in Joku, um, I'd probably just address that in the draft. I don't know if you could trade in Joku for I don't know what the Browns linebacker situation is. I don't know if you could trade in Joku for Shaq Thompson straight up, but um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, don't <laughs> I don't think Carl Rudolph is probably realistic either. He's he's still yeah. got a lot of money on his deal as well. Um, so you'd probably have to take that into consideration. But I actually like Najoku. Um, and obviously, yeah, with Harrison Bryant uh, sort of having a breakout game for the Browns last week, it's only sort of dropped him down the pecking order even further. I mean, when Hooper comes back. So, um, yeah, it's a tricky one. I, I mean, I like the, the uh, defensive tackle from the Jets as well, that Quinn and Williams. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he sort of offers a, something a little bit different to what Derek Brown's got. I mean, Derek Brown's more of the run stuff who can sort of generate pressure sometimes, whereas Quinn Williams, on a, on a good defensive front, which they'd be, uh, he, he he could really sort of get, get after the passer as well. So he, he he would be one. I know the Jets say they won't trade him, but if they get a, if they get a decent offer, I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not going in the right direction anytime soon. So whatever high draft capital they can get their hands on at the moment, they'll they'd be biting teams' hand off. Yeah, the joke is currently third on the on the Browns' tight end depth chart. So I, I think that there's no better time than now to to try to make a move for him. I mean, he's doesn't sound like he's going to be getting a lot of uh, playing time there. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, we'll definitely see what happens. I, I do think that um, we could definitely make some moves, moves at the trade deadline, but I also do feel like, you know, the best, you know, bet from the Panthers is, is this is a really a, a see what you have here, see what you have because, um, you know, you're, you put yourself in a hole now where, it's going to be difficult to make a playoff push. So now, yeah, at this I mean, point, yeah, I think if they were five and three or four and four, it might be a different story. Yeah, um, but especially yeah. because they've got the Chiefs and Bucks coming up, and they could yeah. be sitting, at, they could be sitting at three and seven by the time they play the Lions. So um, right. it would just be sort of a bit of a waste in my eyes. But it's yeah, it, it's something to keep an eye on. I mean, it's not out of the realms of possibility that they'll that they'll bring someone in. I just think, I just think, why bother? I mean, yeah. you, you'll probably end up paying too much this close to the deadline for anyone anyone good anyway. So, I mean, Bill O'Brien's not at the Texans anymore, so you can't you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't sort of get a, you can't sort of get a good deal out of anybody these days. <laughs> can't, you can't swindle the Texans. Yeah, oh man. my gosh! Yeah, so I mean, yeah, we'll definitely see. I mean, it, like I said, it's been been a sort of a roller coaster season. I think that uh, we've seen some encouraging encouraging things. Excuse me. Obviously, Matt Roll. Matt Rule, wow. Matt Rule is, uh, you know, the right choice of head coach. So that's one thing we don't have to worry about. Um, again, we talked about the young guys. Don't necessarily have to worry about that. Obviously, there's questions in some other spots. But um, as the Panthers do have a very difficult schedule, we'll definitely see what this team um, has down the stretch. But, uh, I mean, that's pretty much, I think that's a pretty good review, Dean. You did a great job. Thanks, man. Nice talking to you. Yeah, nice talking to you. Thank you so much, uh, Dean, for hopping on and doing this with me. Thank you, everyone who uh, jumped in the Locker Room app and listened. This will be on my podcast, The Barbershop. And uh, I just, you know, I appreciate it again. And hopefully we, if, if anything else, Dean, you know, I don't care what happens for the rest of the season, win, lose, or draw. I just hope uh, the rest of these games are as entertaining as the first eight have been. Yeah, I mean, it's not been... It's, they've, They've not been dull, any of them. And, and they've been competitive as well, which is probably all you can ask for at this stage. Yeah.
Exactly. So we'll keep we'll keep on trucking, keep pounding, and we'll see what happens the rest of the rest of the season. But uh, thanks everyone again for listening, and Dean, thank you so much for being on. Brilliant. No problem, Max. Appreciate it. Let's rock me at the barbershop. Let's rock me at the barbershop. Stay tuned. All right, y'all, that's it for this episode of The Barbershop. Keep showing us love. We appreciate it. Go ahead and rate and review this podcast and also share on social media and tell your friends about us. And if you're feeling generous, there's a link in the description to become a monthly subscriber. You can do it for as little as 99 cents and you can support this podcast and help us to grow and to glow. We appreciate all the love. We'll see you next time here at The Barbershop. Stay tuned.